So Money Episode 113, Catherine Alford. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome back to So Money, everyone. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Today's guest is Catherine Alford, or Cat for short. She's the founder of BudgetBlonde.com and a personal finance writer who's been featured in some of the top media outlets, including the Huffington Post, U.S. News, World and Report, and many others. She's got a formal background in American history, and she worked for years as an historian before she began to focus more on her love of blogging, public speaking, and building online businesses. She now coaches other bloggers on how to market themselves online and build legitimate income streams. A number of takeaways from our interview with Kat, I learned a lot. One, the counterintuitive strategy for making money as an online writer. This I did not realize. Two, the exact amount of money Kat had in her bank account that assured her that she could actually leave her day job and turn to blogging full time. And three, how she juggles being the breadwinner in her marriage, running a full-time blog, and being the mom to twins. How does she do it all? Here is the lovely Kat Alford. Kat Alford, welcome to So Money. Budget Thank Blonde. <laughs> do blondes have all the fun? Absolutely. We definitely <laughs> have the most fun. In all seriousness, now you have been at this blogging thing for five years, which yes. I know in blogging years, that's like that's like 80 years, right? Because there's so yeah. much that can change in five years. It makes us uh, old schoolers, I guess. Yeah, five you're years. an old schooler. Right. <laughs> uh, but you're also coming out with all this new stuff too, which is great. You're always pumping out new things, new projects. Right. It's how you kind of stay fresh and relevant. Your latest project is a course that just launched this month in May. Get paid to write for blogs is what it's called. I love that. It's like you've really optimized that search engine. Right. Well, I mean, so many people have courses on freelance writing or how to get your writing published in magazines. And my expertise is blogging. And so I wanted to make a course just for that. And it's so getting paid to write for blogs. In other words, you don't, so you don't have to have necessarily your own blog, but if you're a good writer. That's right. Okay. Tell me how this works because I am a writer right. and I will say that it is very hard to get paying jobs. I'll be honest. You know, there, there's this, we, and we are in this world now where people feel as though content is ubiquitous. Um, it's everywhere. Why should I have to pay a, a tall price or anything to have someone write for me when, you know, it's good exposure and they're going to get like their byline and that's pretty much all they they really want. But right. not really, I want to make money. How do you convince people to pay you? Well, and, and you bring up a really great point. It's one of my biggest pet peeves when people say, oh, well, we'll pay you in, with exposure. Well, exposure doesn't really pay the bills, it right? Not so, pay the, no, it does not put food so on the table. It's like, gee, thanks for the exposure, but I have a family to feed. So, um, well, I've been doing this a long time, and I think the very first step is to identify the blogs that do pay for people to write for them. They pay for staff writers and they pay for contributors. And I have you know, certain techniques that I'll teach in my class on how to find that. It's much better to find someone who's already paying people than to try to convince someone. So to who's paying? <laughs> 
Well, um, my I, my expertise obviously is in the personal finance uh, niche. So a lot of uh, single personal finance bloggers, people like me who are a one man show, who have so much to do and such big to do lists, they bring on a staff writer once a week. And actually, personal finance is one of the hottest like competition for staff writers right now. Everybody wants to be a staff writer. So um, people like me who are sort of vet, like I hire a staff writer. I have two of them. Um, veteran personal finance bloggers. But yeah, look at the bigger sites. Um, the only people who I've come across who really have no interest in paying are people like the Huffington Post and U.S. News. And those are sites that are worth the exposure exchange because they can lead to other people finding you to pay to write for their blogs. Right, right. Yeah. How much money can you expect to make? Oh, gosh. I mean, I, I make a full-time income, you know, from it. Uh, you can, when I started, I made $10 a post and I thought that was awesome. And now my highest paying client is around $400 a post. And that's for a very, you know, long, lengthy journalistic style post. But you can make really good money from it. It's time consuming though. You know, I don't know if people can really do this with a full-time job. Can they? Oh, well, yeah, that's how I got started. And um, I had a full time job. I went to graduate school. I worked in academia. I taught at the college level and I started very slowly at night. You know, I had one client and then two and then three. And then it got so to be so much and so overwhelming that I just switched to blogging full time. So tell us something about Budget Blonde. Blonde is in the title of your blog. And right. so this is considered an asset for you. Right. Well, it's so funny because for a while when I was paying off debt and being, you know, trying to be a little bit lean financially, I went brunette for a while and you would not believe like the amount of emails I got. Like, I'm so confused. <laughs> like, why is your picture brunette and you're blonde? I only just like got back into being actually blonde and switched my photo and everything. Everyone's, you know, they can calm down now. It's blonde. So. <laughs> Uh, but you've been at this for five years. What yeah. would you say is your is your biggest lesson learned um, so that we, we don't make the same mistake? Oh, gosh. As, as a blogger, the best thing anyone who's doing blogging can do is to build a really strong network. I feel like for the first year or two, I was kind of doing my own thing and writing and my mom was reading and that was great. But, <laughs> you know, until I made connections with other bloggers and, you know, promoted, you know, selflessly and helped other people, that's when things really started to pop, mm. for sure. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. You cannot blog in a vacuum. No, it, it's impossible. Thanks, mom, but, you know. Yeah, you're yeah, not. mom, you're great, but you don't send me advertisers, <laughs> you know, so. Exactly. Well, your course sounds great, and it sounds like it's, uh, it is, I, I mean, I'm learning a lot just talking to you right now. I didn't realize that, you know, these individual bloggers actually have money to invest in writers. Uh, it's kind of counterintuitive because you would think the bigger companies with the bigger expense accounts could afford something like that. But you're actually saying go small. Right. Yeah. You'd start small and, you know, grow. And, and the great thing is that, you know, you can grow with a blog. They might start out small and then they might get really big. And you've been their staff writer for two years. And now, you know, you are getting links from them every week. That's happened to me numerous times. Wonderful. Well, yeah. what's your financial philosophy, Kat? Um, well, I'm, I'm really big on sort of finances and freedom is what I always say. Um, I'm not 
such a penny pincher that I won't hire help or that, you know, I'm very focused on doing the things that I love and then hiring out help. I'll tell myself no, and I can go a whole year without buying new clothes, but I would never give up um, certain certain other things. So I'm all about prioritizing when it comes to finances. A whole year without buying a, an article of clothing? Yeah, well, you know, I, I work from home. So I mean, yeah. if I get out the yoga pants, then that's saying something for the day. Mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> well, what do you like to spend your money on? Um, I like to spend my money on really good food and wine, <laughs> things like that. Uh, my husband and I are really big on, um, we, we will only go out to eat maybe once a month, but we make it really nice. So, Well, that's good. I mean, we'll talk about how you arrived at this uh, awakening, this financial awakening. And I, I, I tend to think that a lot of us have these moments growing up in childhood that really expose us to the money world in, in either a good way or in a bad way. But as adults, when we reflect on them, we realize, wow, that's uh, the way that I think now is not inconsequential. You know, um, what would you say is your biggest money memory growing up as a kid? You know, I have a really weird one for that. And I don't know if it, um, it how much it influenced me, but it made me really aware of money and what a taboo topic it is. And I ta- I write all the time about we should be open about money. We should talk about it. But um, in the sixth grade, I was in class and someone found a dollar bill on the floor. And my teacher said, oh, I found a dollar bill. Whose is it? And I raised my hand. And I said, oh, it's mine. Like I was just teasing. And the girl in front of me like whipped her little ponytail around so fast. And she said, Catherine, you don't need that dollar. Your parents are rich. And uh, I was totally floored because <laughs> I had no I had no idea what she was talking about. Um I had no idea my parents were wealthy. I had no idea other people thought that about them. Were they? Uh, I, I think for the small town we were in, you know, they had really good jobs and they were well off. And she must have heard that at her dinner table about my parents. But mm. I, I hadn't heard it. And um, it it sort of opened my eyes. And I remember going home and telling my parents and they were kind of explaining to me like, this is what jealousy is. And they were so intense about don't tell anyone we're going on this vacation. Don't tell anyone that you got this for Christmas. They are very, very private with their money. And that moment kind of showed me why. But as I got older, I sort of, you know, realized that, you know, people do want to talk about it and judge by the hundreds and hundreds of personal finance blogs. You know, it's an interesting topic and it's one that's not talked about enough. And and I wish my parents would have talked to me about it just a little bit more um, and made me a little bit more aware. But they did make me aware of the jealousy thing, which is something I always try to keep in mind. Yeah, it's interesting because you don't want to live your life and hide what you're proud of, like, Right. Because you're worried about other people not being accepting of it. That's no way to live. Right. Even now, like, I won't post pictures of vacations on Facebook because I feel like my dad would be, like, horrified. <laughs> like, I'm showing mm. everybody something. So yeah. it does stick with you. I think we all have traces of that in our lives. You know, whether it's because we, do, we, we don't post pictures or we don't talk about our our excess because we're worried about people feeling jealous or in some cases making other people feel bad or True. inadequate. And I right. think that that's very human nature. And I think um, it's hard to combat that. And it, it is. is. Yeah. So thanks for sharing. Sure. All right. Let's talk failure, Kat. I mean, we've all been there, right? And yeah. I think you don't arrive at financial blogging. No, no, no. You have <laughs> with, to do dumb like, <laughs> Some failure that brought you to this desire to, to, to chronicle your financial life. Yeah. So what would you say is your biggest financial failure? Gosh. Yeah, I mean, I certainly have not always been good with money, and it's definitely something that's come just in the last few years. But uh, I bought a massive TV with a store credit card 
probably one of the like dumbest things ever because my husband and I, we moved into our first place as a married couple and lucky for us, the previous tenant left this massive bracket on the wall where their giant TV was. So naturally, instead of taking the bracket down, you should get your own TV right to replace it um so i did that and of course you know zero percent store card this is something i would never do now and it's so funny because we moved we sold the tv and we've been tv free for four years now so you know i, I learned something from it for sure um zero percent apr oh yeah oh yeah that's like candy when you oh, don't know yeah. anything about credit <laughs> no it's like gee thanks thanks for the free loans so. i know i mean there's one thing if you can pay off your balance within that introductory sure. period but when you're just starting out and you're not educated it's it, it that uh, deadline can slip yeah or if you do it with multiple things tv bed you know, furniture, this, that, and then your, you know. Furniture your whole life, yeah. Right, right. Well, let's flip it. Let's talk success. What would you say is your so money moment? Um, that's a really good question. You know, I think the moment I realized that I um, could be self-employed was a really good moment. Um, I, you know, every month I'd sit there and I'd do my my little accounting for my blog. It was just a side business. And I, and I remember it was June of 2013. I remember doing it and just having the realization that I had made more money from that than from teaching in, at a university. And um, it was I hadn't even thought about it before, but it was that moment that it sort of clicked like, you could maybe do this full time, mm. you know, and work for yourself. And six months later, I did. So Six months Mm-hmm. Did you, how did, like, what was that transition like? Because I think that we always say don't quit your day job until you're pretty sure that you can do your passion full time comfortably. What, how much money did you have in the bank? Let's just get at it. Let's just, let's just answer that question. I saved around 20 grand in cash during those six months as a backup. And, um, uh, you know, in, in general, as part of that was uh, allocated because about two months into that, I found out I was pregnant with twins. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So I in June, I realized I could do it. In August, I was pregnant with the twins. And so then I started really thinking, like, if I can do this, then maybe I could stay home with the twins. Maybe I could write at night. Maybe I can... Maybe I can do this all together and not have to go to a work, you know, to work to a normal day job. So they, they really gave me that extra push. At the same time, you know, I know you have a, a son who's close in age to my twins. So I was like hugely pregnant, like teaching, you know, blogging at night. Was so oh exhausting. Like I don't even remember it, but I was just so I was so motivated. I really wanted to be self-employed. But once I knew I had those twins. so And when you... Are you the breadwinner in your marriage? I am. See, okay. Yeah. Why did I know that? Okay, <laughs> because when you have children, it's like we talk about this on um, a lot on the show. It's like the baby effect. You know, people yeah. say that they became parents and suddenly they became immensely motivated to take their lives from good to great. And not right. only financially, but from a security standpoint too. Like I want to follow my passion, make more money, but I want to have my I want to have my ducks in a row, right? you know, and especially if you're a female breadwinner trying to juggle parenthood and making mm-hmm. money and doing what you love. It's such a, it is a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And you, and you want to have it all and you really can't, you know, some, some things have to give on certain days, but they constantly keep me motivated. Even like when they've screamed at me all day and I still have to write three blog posts that night, you oh know, my it's still motivating. <laughs> How do you do it? 
I have I have awesome help. You know, I have a really amazing nanny who comes three days a week who's wonderful with them, and I write furiously while she plays with them, and then I take care of them on the other days. And yeah, it's taken me a while to get into a rhythm, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. Good for you. Okay, let's talk habits. What is your number one financial habit? Uh, my husband and I have a lot of money dates. We really do. Money dates. Okay. Yeah. How often? Um, I, I would say that um, they started out once a month, but now we kind of do it on the 1st and the 15th because I like to do it halfway through to see like how good or how bad we've been so I know how to treat the last half of the month. Mm-hmm. That's smart. And what are, your t- what, are, what, what are you talking this month about? We just had one a few weeks ago um, just because my income is so variable from being self-employed. Like we do a lot of projections and so we say, okay, well, if things happen this way, like we're good until Christmas or we're good until June or we have enough savings to last us to this. And the last time we talked, um, you know, we were trying to see if we could fit in a vacation. It's been a long time since we've gone somewhere. And um, so, yeah, these are the things that we chat about. And normally we're always over our food budget. And I say, well, we should eat what's in the what's in the kitchen for the next two weeks. And then it never works out. So <laughs> that's always our issue. We well, got a lot of mouths to feed in your house. I know, right? <laughs> and they eat so much. The kids. Are they boys like, or girls? I have one of each. Oh, my. Yeah. OK. Yeah. And they just they eat like big people. It's amazing. Oh, that's just the best. <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, all right. Let, ready some ready for some so money fill in the blanks? Sure. Okay. Well, I was going to ask you anyway, even if you aren't ready. <laughs> if, <I'm> I, ready. <laughs> if I won the lottery tomorrow, let's say $100 million, the first thing I would do is? I would do just what I'm doing right now. Honestly, I really would. Um, you wouldn't buy anything? <laughs> I Come mean, on. I might move to a bigger apartment. Ours is pretty tight because we are in uh, just outside of New York City. I'm not far from you, actually. Um, yeah, I'd probably get a new place. But I'd probably hang out in my car for a while, too. Like, I'm okay. <laughs> like, I like what I do. I'd probably hire some more help. I'd hire a housekeeper every single day. Um, mm. I'd probably hire some more help with my blogs and things like that. But, yeah, I'd kind of just keep on keeping on, I think. All right. The one thing that I spend my money on that makes my life easier or better is? I would just say help. Yeah. Awesome nanny. I have um, a housekeeper who comes and deeps clean once a month. That really helps us stay, you know, on track. Those those are the kind of things that Mm -hmm. some people in the personal finance community would look down on. Whatever. I enjoy it. I'm big on outsourcing. Yeah, I am as well. Don't even argue with me. My biggest guilty pleasure that I spend a lot of money on is? Probably my hair, my blonde hair. It takes a while to keep your hair blonde. You got, you know what? It's branding. You know, <laughs> you know business expense. I, I was about to say, I, I keep meaning to ask my accountant, like, could I count this as a business Probably. expense? Probably. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. I know, right? I'll ask her. Don't worry. <laughs> One thing I wish I'd known about money growing up is... Gosh, I just wish I knew a lot more about investing growing up. I would have started in college. I would have started with my side jobs in college. I wouldn't have started at 25. I would have started at 18 for sure, if not sooner. (laughs) When I donate money, I like to give to blank because... 
You know, I donate um, money to my high school, LSMSA. It's actually a really unique school. It's a state-funded boarding school, but it's not a, um, a boarding school for wealthy kids. It's just a boarding school for um, high-achieving kids. So, um, And they often have to they get budget cuts and things like that. I don't donate money to my college. I still owe them money. So I always give to my high school. <laughs> <laughs> right? I think that's a good marker. Like, I'm yeah. not giving you any of my money yeah. until I'm done paying off my student <laughs> exactly, loans. Stop exactly. calling me. Yeah, I know. It's like, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, I'm Kat Alford, Budget Blonde. I'm so money because? Because I help other people learn how to make money so they can take care of their families. Well, thank you so much for shedding all this wisdom on the show. Congratulations with your course, doing things, teaching people something that is so important and so valuable and, and how they can make money blogging. I think that's fantastic. Thank you. Uh, and uh, have a wonderful rest of the year. All right. Thank you so much, Farnish. Thanks, Kat. That's a wrap, folks. If you'd like to learn more about Kat, her website is budgetblonde.com. She's also got her course coming up soon at getpaidtowriteforblogs.com. You can follow her on Twitter at budgetblonde, and this is all available at somoneypodcast.com. All this uh, information, the links, the transcript, the comments. And I want to hear from you. Submit your question if you've got one about money, work, life, guests at somoneypodcast.com. There's a really good chance that I will answer it this weekend. You can also tweet me at Farnoosh and use the hashtag SoMoney. And as a final reminder, if you'd like the chance to win a free 15-minute money session with me, just hop onto iTunes and leave a review for the show. Every Saturday, I pick one new reviewer to get a free 15-minute money blitz with me. And I've been doing this now for over a couple of months. I've had the great privilege of getting to connect with many of you one-on-one. I just love this part of my job. So please, if this interests you, leave a review on iTunes and hopefully we will connect. Thanks to Budget Blonde Kat Alford for joining us today and all her great advice. Thank you for tuning in. I hope your day is so money. Money.